0: It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Eric Hodgton. Eric is a coach, an author speaker, and Zoe's dad. His book, A Sherpa Named Zoe, is a number one bestseller. In his book, he gives us the tools on how to walk through grief and live with intention. He is also a TEDx speaker appearing in TEDx Youngstown. After losing his 15-year-old daughter, Zoe, to suicide in 2014, Eric found a way to get back up, and through his grief journey, he is sharing the lessons that he's learned so that no one else has to walk alone on their journey. Eric has trained thousands of people who simply want to know how to navigate the worst setbacks that can happen to all of us. Welcome, Eric. It is so great to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Patricia. I'm so honored to be with you.
0: I just have to go back and say, you know, how I know Eric is I had the very fortunate pleasure to get to be in a mastermind with Eric for a couple of years with Bo Eason. And um, he and I were in a group together and we worked on our storytelling skills and developed stories. And when you're in a group like that, there's a level of vulnerability. And, you know, I really appreciated Eric's support throughout that storytelling process. And um, so I remember you so fondly from our mastermind, and it's just so great to connect with you here today.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to reconnect with you as well, Patricia, because it's what we learned and what we grew together with, with Bo is just phenomenal. And I mean, lifelong connections, uh, lifelong friendships, and it stemmed from a story, which was incredible. So uh, d- definitely glad that we could reconnect here.
0: Yes, so great to see you. So this is the part of the show, Eric, that we have the big reveal as to what song we're going to be talking about today from the 1980s. So here (laughs) we go. Can I get a drum roll, please? Eric, what is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to share with us today?
1: It is Don't Give Up by Peter Gabriel. Off of the album, So, from, I believe, 1986 or 1985.
0: I think Love you're right. That. I think it's 86. I got 86 as nice. well. Okay. <laughs> and yes, and Don't Give Up. And it was Peter Gabriel and uh, Kate Bush. Oh, that's right.
1: Kate Bush, yes.
0: The, just the most beautiful voice. Mm. So I listened to the entire album today because that right. was actually one of my, my favorite albums from the 80s. Mm. And I had the cassette tape. So, I would have to fast forward <laughs> to get to my favorite songs. Uh, you know how that was. So, like, in order to hear yeah. in your eyes, you had to fast forward for quite some time to get to that <laughs> song. And uh, so, you know, the gone, I mean, we did not have those days of instant gratification. We had to really work right. forward if we wanted to hear a song or we wanted to listen to it again.
1: <laughs> <And> Absolutely. So,
0: <laughs> so many great songs in the album. I'll list some of them because I know some of our, uh, Gen Xers out there will know, uh, Red Rain, mm. Sledgehammer, mm. Don't Give Up wh- Your Song, Choice, The Voice Again, Big yes. Time, Mercy yeah. Street, and mm. In Your Eyes. So yes. that was from 1989, Say Anything movie. And that was yeah. that moment where he had the boom box and he's out in the rain. <laughs> And the song is playing. It right. was like as a high schooler <laughs> at the time. I mean, for me, it was yes. like, you know, as a hopeless romantic, it was John Cusack was just, he kind of took, he took the 80s for that.
1: He did, absolutely, hundred percent How many movies was that guy in, right? I mean, always good.
0: <laughs> so good. And so what's interesting about the song that you chose, actually, I, I did some research on it today. Here's something that I had no idea about. Hmm he actually approached dolly parton first for this song and this is according to wikipedia so thank you wikipedia so he approached yeah dolly parton and she declined it and so he and kate bush were working on games without frontiers and Mm. so he ended up um casting kate to be his duet partner in that song and honestly i can't imagine any two voices perfect for that song and you're going to talk about right, how it right. resonates but just that he's down and out she's sending those encouraging right. most nurturing mm-hmm. words right like she yeah. is just embracing him and you and and just to see and also i watched the music video today and it had them in an actual embrace for the entire six minutes and 30 mm. seconds or however long the song is. I remember is. that
1: video. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there was a total <laughs> eclipse in the back from the light yeah. to the dark and then the light again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like showing the process of, of all kinds of things that, that, that mm-hmm. they're going through. In this case, Peter Gabriel was singing about the Great Depression and mm. the art that inspired him were the images uh, that were taken by Dorothea Lange uh, and her most famous one was a migrant mother and that was in 1936 Mm. from 1936. So he really uh, from an artistic standpoint really showed the struggle and uh, such an amazing song. And I'm so glad you brought it to learn it from an 80s song. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, I I love the song. I mean, it just, it's resonated with me since 1986 in so many ways. You know, as a teen, you know things happen. Things go sideways in life, and it could have been anything—something small, something big. And when you listen to that song, and you're able to realize, look, you just have to keep going, no matter what. um, That's and and it resonated. It's resonated with me throughout my life, not just through my teen years, but in my 30s, in my 40s, and and even now, uh, when I hear it, I just think of something that I was struggling with. And how I got on the other side of that was just to yeah. keep going. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love that. I didn't know those facts either. Thank you for sharing yeah, all that about the song too. It's that's very, that's very yeah. powerful background for just one song, but, but still Incredible. it is powerful to see where it's birthed and how it comes to life yes. uh, inside, of these, uh, you know, inside of these albums that, right. that stay. And it just makes it a classic, right? It's, I don't think that song Absolutely. will ever go out of style.
0: No, no. I think it would just continue to be used more because it, it's so, especially as we're going through what we've gone through with the pandemic and also, you know, mental health, et cetera, et cetera. I can't imagine right. a better song to listen to and, and when you need to feel that support. So exactly. with that in mind, let's go right into your story. Um, Eric, will you share your story with us today?
1: Absolutely. You know, this might be hard to hear, uh, just because of the nature of the, 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 or the story itself. And if it might bring some things up with you, uh, you know, please know that uh, you know this was something that happened. I'm not there any longer, but I'm I'm in a different place now. And uh, you know, about eight years ago now, I was struggling uh, to fight for custody of my 15 year old daughter Zoe. Um, she had been hospitalized several times uh, for just you know difficult emotions, and I wouldn't call it depression, but she was struggling. And so uh, it was best that uh, at the time she was in the hospital. And so uh, I would visit her often and uh, occasionally she was able to come home uh, for weekends. And ultimately she actually was able to step down from a hospital unit to a, a group home where I got to see her every weekend. And those weekends were so much fun because we would go to the beach and we'd freeze our hands picking up the cold, wet, sandy rocks or She would be up in her room listening to some music, playing her ukulele and burning some jasmine incense. And and sometimes we would just go to the mug and muffin for breakfast on a Sunday morning, just a local little uh, diner. And we love to do that. Uh, This one particular weekend, I pick up Zoe and I bring her back to my house and she's up in her room listening to some music and I ask her if she wants to hang out with some friends and she's like, I I really don't have any bad. And I'm like, I don't know about that, but why don't we just grab something to eat uh, before bed? And she's like, okay, that sounds good. Well, we were cleaning up dinner and she said to me, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed, dad. I'm just really tired. And I said, okay, pumpkins, I love you. And she said, I love you too, dad. Uh, I'm back at my computer doing some work. And I head up to say goodnight uh, a little while later. And when I open her door, um, she's not in her bed, but all I can see is the a circle of Christmas lights around the perimeter of her room. And there's Jonathan for playing on the stereo. Um, out of the corner of my eye, I can see that she's standing in her closet. And I said, Zoe, what are you doing? And she didn't answer me. I called nine one one about five days later, 900 people came to Zoe's wake 900 people. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, just the, it wouldn't stop. It, it would, the, the wake was for five hours. I would have stood there another five hours, um, but they had to close down for the evening. And I was just so touched by the, the support and the love. But after we laid Zoe to rest, I was struggling. I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going to go, how I was going to go about doing it because my, my, her time stopped, but mine had to keep going. Mm-hmm. I had phantom pains in my body. I didn't know where they came from. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was lucky enough to get a reprieve from work for uh, as much time as I needed. And I know that doesn't happen to many people. It was just a really big struggle. But the one thing, the one thing that started to give me some hope that I could make it through this and survive it was uh, my daughter's friends, Zoe's friends. They were just you know, they looked at me, what am I going to do about this? And, and I said, well, one thing we're never going to do is we're never going to give up. And so when I think about don't give up, mm-hmm. that's why this song resonates with me. And we didn't. And I, I can say today, eight years later, that every one of Zoe's friends is still with us. So we, we found a way to survive, to get back up and a lot of us are now living beyond the loss of losing Zoe. And there's a lot of lessons that have come from that. So that's, again, why this song resonates with me so much.
0: Wow. Wow. Eric, you are probably one of the strongest people I've ever met you know, in my life. And I remember feeling like that when I thank first you. met you and knew of your story through Bo Eason's Mastermind. Mm. And, um, and I want to thank you for sharing your story of vulnerability. And the strength that you have is it's, 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 uh, I can't, I don't think there's even words for it. Like I can't find the words for how much strength you have. Cause you know, being a mom of two boys, also having mm. a 16 year old right now and, and right. an 11 year old, uh, 12, you just turned 12, you know, just the pain and what you endured and, um, you know, was unimaginable, Right.
1: It it um, is. I mean, it's something that you you can never prepare yourself for. I mean, this is not uh, anything that you would ever think would be part of your life, right? And I, I also think that you know, in life, we are faced with certain situations and struggles, and sometimes we have a struggle that we dealt with when we were younger. There's some things we can bring, some lessons we can learn from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not suggesting that losing your loved one it has to be a lesson for life. All I'm saying is that throughout life you learn things, and sometimes you bring old solutions to new problems Mm -hmm. to the table when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with something. And I think that's what makes grief so very difficult: is that you're faced with something you've maybe never have had to go through before, whether it's losing a parent, a sibling, a relative, a friend a child, um, you're faced with this new set of emotions and challenges that you're just not prepared to deal with most likely. Yeah. And so that's where I think that most of the resources out there right now are focused on people just surviving. Right. And, right. and that's okay. I mean, we can get to a survival place, but beyond that, there is it is okay for you to live your life and honor your loved one at the same time. hmm and so but yeah I think that's where that that kind of comes from but I appreciate that and strength is your strength it is derived from carrying on your yes. strength is derived from asking for help if you're struggling with mm-hmm. something even if you have to th- think about moving through just the next minute hour or day mm-hmm. at a time mm-hmm. that's okay but mm-hmm. every step you take no matter how big or small it is it's still moving forward and it's okay to do that
0: Yes and the work that you're doing to help people get through the grief, like you had said, mm. not just survive it, but then how do you continue, like right. you, you say, to live a life of intention, to continue right. to thrive? In many cases, what you had said, you know, in your book, because I've read your book, Thank you. is just really, and I love you know, the book. And if you guys please check it out, it's called A Sherpa Named Zoe, and it's how to walk through. Grief and live with intention Thank is um, the tagline for it. And um, just for anyone who's you know struggling to to get up that next day and then continue mm. to move forward, and how you give people the skills through what you experienced um, yes. to move forward. And I remember. And also, if you haven't seen Eric's TEDx talk, um, it's on YouTube. And it's TEDx Youngstown. And you'll see Eric's amazing TEDx speaking there. Well, thank you. And thank you. What I loved was when you were talk to your sister, um, Holly is her name, I believe. Yes. And, yes. Yes. And uh, you know, you would said how am I gonna mm-hmm. how am I gonna continue to to go to live? I was
1: asking her that question. I was asking her that question in the car on the way home from the hospital that night. Because I had intended to go into the hospital and just, I I knew I was expecting Zoe to be alive. I was expecting to be able to talk with her and to tell her, it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. I know you're scared. But I was met at the door of the ER by the doctor who said he did everything he could, but that he couldn't save her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? So, uh, you know, three, four hours later, I don't even know how much time I was at the hospital. My sister and I eventually went back to my house and I'm gripping the seatbelt in her car. And I said to her, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yes. And, and, and I just held onto that thing as if I was, something was going to happen, like I was going to fall. And Mm -hmm. I I think that that was very, um, you know, this was becoming an experience that, that she couldn't even relate to. Just, she was there with me as a family member, like Mm -hmm. Zoe's friends and my other family was there. It was, it was, you know, this is becoming my experience that, okay, I didn't want that to be an experience of just stopping my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think Zoe would be very upset with me if I was wasting all those good memories from her life by not living mine. Right. And so that's another, I guess, another reason why, you know, it, it, this, when you start telling your story about, about your experience, this is your experience. This isn't, you know, this isn't trying to, bring somebody else into the, the fold of this. It's about your struggle because your struggle can be in the service of others in some positive way Yes, and, and help yes. them to get through whatever they're working through. Yeah.
0: And that's exactly what you're doing is being of service you know, to others in order to help them with their grief. And, and you know what it's like for that day one, what day mm-hmm. one felt like. Mm-hmm. And then in your book, You share about how to continue to remember and love that loved one, but yet still be able to honor your own
1: life. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, you have to. I mean, And and I I think that it's very challenging for a lot of folks who who will think, well, I don't even know if I'm going to, they might be asking themselves the same question. How am I going to survive this? Like, I just lost my spouse or I just lost my child. Um, How am I going to carry on with my life without them in it? -hmm. And it can be very scary. And and we all need a guide. I mean, we really do. We, you know, we can do certain things on our own. And yes, the healing takes us. Time is not the driver of your healing, it is a companion. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give, you have to put some effort into it, but it's on your time, your agenda. And there's no one right way to do this except for the one way that works for you. So I think that there's a lot, a lot of things have been that these are a lot of the things that I've learned along this journey that like, if I figured something out, I want to be able to share that with somebody else so that they've got some tools to work with on their journey. If they run into the same obstacle or rough terrain Mm -hmm. while they're walking this thing. So it's just been a, that's, that's the, I think, I wouldn't say it excites me, Patricia, but if I figured something out, I want to share that with others. Yeah, because you know they've they've got we've got there's no greater gift in my mind than to than to share what you've learned in your life to help somebody through a struggle of their own.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I just thank you for the work that you're doing and the how you're being being of service to others uh, with this. So obviously, from the lyrics of the song, you know, don't give up. I mean, Mm -hmm. that you leaned on. Well, what's interesting is. You definitely had to lean on some guides on your way. And I know Zoe continued to be your guide. Yes. Through your grief. But then also, you were thrusted into being the guide for other teens, her friends. Yes. And all 900 of them, you know. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) For someone
0: who said she doesn't have any friends and then 900 people are going in and out of your house. Right. It's, you know, she's clearly was a very special young lady, and yeah. um, yes, and so tell us a little bit uh, you know about that, about how you know in the song, how you know don't give up it's it's about you know you specifically you know not giving up and leaning on others, but then mm. share with us the process also of how how you then really started helping those young the young students uh, that were coming to you
1: I appreciate that you know it was really. It was really about them looking at me, wondering, what the, what do I do with this? You know, I if some of them were struggling themselves and I just, I couldn't bear a, a, one of her friends following suit. And I know it wasn't up to me. I mean, that wasn't my decision, but I wanted to do everything I could to just stay connected with them as much as possible and, and ask them how, instead of saying, hey, you know, call me if you're struggling. Right. But, but instead to ask them how they were doing, um, and even just randomly calling them and 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 checking in with them. And yeah, you know, we were all kind of in the same spot. We were all struggling, and so mm-hmm. they could relate to what I was feeling. I could relate to what they were feeling, and so we would kind of we would talk it out. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, parents and children sometimes there's a disconnect there, and so because mm-hmm. I wasn't mom and dad, they were more comfortable talking with me because I was. I was becoming Zoe's dad for them. Yes, and yes. and so that was that was just wonderful. And so, I mean, these conversations continue to this day. I just had a conversation with one of Zoe's friends about a month ago, and she's out yeah. in L.A. now, and and she's still struggling. But you know what? She's finding her way, and I'm so proud of her uh, for for continuing on. and you know, there's, there's been, uh, you know, some friends have moved on and, and just carried on with their life and I don't have much contact with them, mm-hmm. but that's okay. That just, I mean, this was, this was something that they needed and I needed at the same time yes. in order to move through this, but they were just asking questions. And I was just thinking of ways to help them find their way through that next moment or this moment that they were in, that they were struggling with. So, um, and and it really went back to just, you're not, nobody's giving up here. We're not giving up. We Mm -hmm. will find a way we'll do this together. And I, I feel Mm -hmm. like that term has been used a lot throughout COVID here the last couple of years, but, but it rings true. It's true. It's, you know, we're in this together. We're going to find a way to get through it together. And if you're struggling, the first thing you do is you pick up the phone and you call me um, or I'm going to call you. If I feel like uh, you know what I see is not you know something's is not right, and so
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they took advantage of it, and so did I, and and it's just worked out very well. So
0: wow, that's wonderful how you were there well, thank to support you. them in the process, and,
1: and thank you. You know, I, I look, yeah. they helped me too. I mean, they really yeah. did. I'm so grateful for them because sometimes they said something to me. They reminded me of something that Zoe said to them, and I'm like, I never even knew she said that, and so you know, getting little tidbits of, of Zoe. I feel like combined that it's, it's like all of them combined. Um, I have bits and pieces of Zoe in one group of people and, um, they still remind me. And so I I love that. And I'm so appreciative And Sometimes the kids will send me a photo that they took of a Zoe that I never saw. And it's like, wow, I get to see her again, you know, and it's just beautiful that I could not be more proud of her as a dad. Um, just the way that she, like, they went to her for advice in these hospital units because she was a voice of reason. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, I just, I couldn't believe how, you know, how much they looked up to her and, and they still do. They still do.
0: Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, um, thank you again for, for sharing your story. Thank you. And I'd love to know a little bit about, you know, we talk about via strengths on the podcast. And the VIA strengths assessment um, is rooted in positive psychology, and it was developed by uh, Dr. Seligman and uh, Dr. Peterson. Uh, there are 24 strengths uh, that describe who you are to your core. Uh, mm-hmm. Your signature strengths are those that are most central to who you are as a person that best captures your uniqueness and essence, and that's from Dr. Nemick's book on um, character strength interventions. So um you took the strengths uh, the VIA strengths assessment. I'll be curious. I have them here um in front of me actually. Yes. Uh, and you have a nice uh package of of strengths that are unique to you and really people who are using their signature strengths will feel the most energized when mm. using those strengths. Now they are also phasic strengths. So those are strengths that you may need to lean into at certain times, right? That that may yes. not be in your top strengths. So I'd love to know uh based on on the 24 um you know what strengths do you think you used uh during the time of your story?
1: Uh I, I well it's funny because the my signature the first strength that came up as a this I guess the highest on the list was uh, honesty or courage. And mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Zoe uh, when I started to write my story, but I was afraid. I didn't know how to make it available without it sounding like I was dumping on people. Right. Like, you know, I, and I, I didn't want that because I did that with my divorce and it didn't work out too well. You know? And I, I didn't want that. Like, I wanted people to know who Zoe was, what she stood for, but more importantly, how she touched my life as a dad. And and not just myself as a dad, but also her friends, and you know what she left behind as a legacy. And so, mm-hmm. talking about it, I had to have some courage to talk about that. And um, I feel like that came forward with the story. You know, was a lot of love of learning is the second strength that I have on my via results, and um, you know, a love of learning is is I wanted to figure out how to move my way through losing her. Mm-hmm. And, and how I could learn from those lessons and then turn around and share those. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is fairness or justice. Uh, I'm not really sure how that one plays in, but um, maybe it's just that I'm going to help anybody who comes forward who's struggling with the loss of a loved one. It doesn't matter how it happened, right? Um, I just would like to be able to help. Um, the next one is forgiveness. Uh, I did have to forgive not only myself, but I had to forgive Zoe. Zoe. Because she took her life, and and I didn't think about that at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, I wasn't mad at her. But then, as time went by, I started to feel some anger and resentment, and and I, I needed to clear that up, and and so I had to forgive myself. Importantly, that was really huge. We hold a lot of guilt, uh, even if the loss isn't from somebody taking their life, but otherwise, it's some it's from uh, you know even COVID. You know, were you able to be with your family? at the end, I should have done something, you know, forgiveness for yourself, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. what you perceive you didn't do, but really being appreciative and grateful for what, what you do have in your life now, but also what you did do for your loved one is really yes. important as well. Very, um, very and I good. think, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the last one here that's in the top five, if you will, is social intelligence or humanity. I just want to help my fellow human being. I really do. And, and Uh, If I can offer, if I can help one person in my lifetime, then then telling my story of how I got through losing Zoe is is hopefully the way I can do that.
0: Well, I think we safe to say that you've helped um, way more than one person at this point. Um, I hope so. Yeah, (laughs) I know so, (laughs) and that is incredible. You have a beautiful package of strengths and. What's Thank interesting you. about honesty is that it is a virtue of courage mm. and earlier on when I said to you I, I feel like you're the strongest person I've ever met because you're you you went through an incredibly um painful time and you're here helping others and helping others in their grief journey and I feel that you know honesty like and courage those the virtue of courage it's so evident within you, um, 100%. Mm.
1: Thank you so um, much. I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And I love. so the, act- yeah, the definition of it from um, Dr. Nemec's book is um, being true to yourself and authentic to others, speaking the truth, mm. but more broadly presenting oneself in a genuine way mm. um, and acting in a sincere way, being without pretense, taking responsibility for one's feelings and actions. So that's, yes. yeah, that's honesty. And love of learning is wisdom. You know, I have love of learning in my top strengths as well. And for you, it sounds like you really had to learn how you probably read a lot. Uh, you learned a lot about how to, to make it through that challenging time. So then Mm -hmm. you would then help others get through the, those challenging times. And then love of learning, you know, it's, it's a great strength. The other one nice. you had said, fairness, that is that is justice, uh, pro, uh, that the virtue of justice, and it's pro-social behavior, uh, mm. treating people the same according to the notions of fairness and justice, uh, not letting personal feelings bias your decisions, mm-hmm. and um, giving others and everyone a fair chance. And, yes. uh, and by pro-social behavior, you can also look at that for you as how you are helping others um, that are in you know the situations through your training and your coaching, how you continue to um, pro-socially help the greater good, help the world. Forgiveness is that is a special strength, a really special strength. It's temperance uh, is the virtue, and it's forgiving those who have done wrong, accepting the shortcomings um, of others, and then giving uh, people a second chance let go of her. And you also can let go of hurt when wrong, yes. although you have yes. to exercise that it's not going to come naturally. Mm-hmm. So even though people <laughs> have these strengths, it's not like, oh, right. well, they've got forgiveness so they can just feel better. No, it's still, you still have to exercise the actual strength um, in order to use it. But here are the benefits of it. Now, I love mm-hmm. this about okay. forgiveness. It's associated with many physical and psychological benefits, Emotional well-being, healthy lifestyle behaviors, mm-hmm. social support, and spiritual well-being. Uh, people who have this strength experience less anger, uh, and anxiety, depression, and hostility. So it is, um, if you can that's imagine, so true.
1: that's so true. I mean, all of that wrapped up in this one package called forgiveness. It's a release, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that when you do, uh, even Gandhi said, "The the forgiver is blessed with the release." Yeah of of the, of the anger or whatever it is that you're feeling. And you know, that could be guilt as well. Um, mm-hmm. you need, if you, it's okay to forgive yourself if you've been feeling guilty or angry or sad, uh, even if it's been for an extended period of time, Patricia, especially in grief. Sometimes people grieve. They're on day one for years before they finally figure out that it's okay for them to feel better. And, and then they think, oh my gosh, I've been in this mode for three years. Um, I, I, you know, uh, it's okay. It's okay. There's no one right way to move through this, but in a sense, you can almost give yourself that, um, uh, you know, almost I'm going to say praise, but um, give yourself uh, your own approval and permission to start whatever part of the journey you need to start at whatever time it happens. Mm-hmm. And so, but forgiving and giving yourself permission to carry on. Is a is is something that um, I think that is missing in a lot of the resources that are out there right now. Yeah. And and they that's need so to be, good. you know, we need to because I think a lot of times we want that permission from our loved one. And we you can't, know we can't get it. We can't get it. Yeah. Right. One hundred percent. Right. We can't get it. And so. Yeah. So yeah. how
0: do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And mm. I'm thinking about you know my own. You know, I lost my dad two years ago, in December. Mm. and you know just thinking about you know my, the grieving process you know with him and you know ask and i remember at, like he was in you know he not really conscious but i remember asking for forgiveness i i didn't mm. know if you could hear me or not but yeah. i remember he wanted to say something to me before I, my, my wedding day like my, like that on the day he wanted to give me some yes. words and i said yeah. dad don't make me cry you're going to mess up my makeup can we save this for later <laughs> And then yeah. I, you know, I remember telling him like, dad, I'm so sorry. I know you wanted to say something profound to me that day. Mm. And, you know, and I'm so sorry. I was so caught up in my makeup running that, you know, <laughs> that I didn't let yeah. you say it. And, you know, just things, things like that. It's, well, what do you it's think? It's so interesting.
1: What do you think if you were sitting with your dad right now yes. and you were to ask him that question, what do you think he would say to you about what he wanted to say to you that day?
0: Um, I think he would just say that I was really proud of me and, uh, you know, uh, for sure. I think that's what he would have said, you know, how I've grown into a beautiful young lady and how, um, he was proud of, of me. And, you know, as I was embarking on, uh, leaving the family and creating Mm -hmm. my own.
1: I love that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Patricia. And that's probably what he was going to say to you.
0: Yes. Yes, oh, but uh, I that I'm already. Yeah. I'm starting to well up, so my makeup. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all
1: right, all right. not now, Eric. Not now, Eric. Right. <laughs> we'll talk about this later, Eric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine, Just huh? kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes.
0: Yes. That's no. That's so. That's so powerful. Yes. Thank you. You're so social intelligence. Uh, moving into social yes. intelligence. Uh, that definitely, you use that in being able to relate to especially the young, uh, the teens that were coming to you. It's like being able to be aware of your feelings and theirs and the process.
1: Yeah. It's about meeting them where they are, not where I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And so if if a kid comes to me and has said, I'm really having a hard time today, I don't know if I'm going to make it tonight. You know, okay, no panic here. You know, tell me, tell me more what's going on. You know, what 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 are you feeling? I'm feeling like a burden. I'm feeling like nobody cares. I'm feeling like I'm never gonna feel better again. I mean, all these things and and listening, listening and not reacting, but just actually acting as an empathetic witness to them that sometimes people just need an ear. Yeah. You know, they don't want you to fix it. They just need an ear. Mm-hmm. And then when they hear themselves say it out loud, now it comes out a little differently. And they'd be like, Well, actually, I don't all right, you know, yeah, I'm struggling, but I think I'm just overwhelmed. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yes. Right. And so yes. when you start to peel back those layers of what is really going on, then you have a better sense of how, if you know, you can ask, would it be okay with you if I shared with you something that I've learned in my journey when I felt overwhelmed? And, and a lot of times people will say, oh yeah, absolutely. But asking permission of them in that moment is really key as well, because- Otherwise, you're just going to say, "All right, here's what you got to do." Now, if people don't right. like to be told what to right. do; they want to be reminded of what's important. Yeah, and so, and and that's okay. Um, but but asking permission on that. So sorry, I didn't interrupt you on that one, Patricia.
0: Oh no, I I love what you're saying, and it puts us right into exactly what my next question is going to be, and that is, you know, what would be an action item for our audience? Anything that you, with the vast experience that you have. Whether people are going through the grieving process or raising teenagers, you know mm-hmm. anything that you can think of from an action item for our audience today.
1: Yeah, I think that when you're faced with a setback, it is to uh, find a a tool or a path that works for you um, in that moment. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time uh, to figure out who that is or what that that is. But at at no point, um, are you alone? You know, I think if you are faced with a very difficult setback, whether it's the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a loved one, our bodies take over. We go into survival mode. That's just how we're wired. And so at no point in either of those scenarios, especially the loss of a loved one, are you alone? There's other people that have walked that path that will want to walk it with you. And and help you, not try to fix it for you, but don't. It's not about letting that time take care of everything and be the driver of your healing. But it's a companion. It's part of the process. But really focusing on connecting with someone who's got your back. Who's that could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be a a counselor or a therapist. It doesn't matter. It could be a coach. Um, somebody who's who just understands. Where you've been and and just wants to walk with you uh, on that journey because they know what's up ahead, and they can help you avoid some of those pitfalls that maybe they fell into, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so I mean just this is a great time to ask if you know our audience members that are that might be experiencing a setback, you know how would they get to coach with you, how would they get the opportunity to work with you
1: I appreciate that um i I'm uh, putting together right now an online course f- called Surviving the Loss. It's going to be released soon. But if they wanted to get to know more about me and, and what I do, and uh, they can go to my website, which is erichodgden.com, And uh, I've got some r- free resources there for them and for your audience as well. Um, and I'll make sure that you have the link, but I've got a uh, a, a grief survival guide that I'd like to offer your audience as oh, a that's... as a wh- thank you for for listening and and yeah. and hopefully it helps you in the moments in those early days if you are struggling with a loss or you know somebody who is.
0: Wow, that's so generous. Thank you so much for providing that, and that You're will we'll definitely have that up um, on the show notes for sure, so that the, our audience can take advantage of that, and and then also your book, a Sherpa named Zoe.
1: Is yes. the name
0: of the book and you can get and that's it on available Amazon on Amazon and on your yes. website, right? Am- yes. Amazon Yes, and absolutely. Yes. Very yes. good. Thank and you so much, Patricia. Yes. Thank you. Let's talk about eighties trends. So this oh, yeah. is the part of the show <laughs> you know, we've gone through our story and, and uh, your amazing story. You picked a brilliant song. Your strengths package is amazing. And thank you for your action item. So this is the part of the show where we get to enjoy um, some 80s trends. And awesome. if we were in your closet in the 80s, since we're close <laughs> to the same age, you know, what would we find? What would you be donning in the 1980s?
1: Parachute pants.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, probably my skateboards in there. Um, Tony Hawk skateboard. Uh, wow. My Chuck my um, Chuck uh, Definitely had a mullet. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah. if I did that today, I'd have what's called a skullet. It would just a be, skullet. you know, it wouldn't be right. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, geez, what else? Um, uh, well, I, I think it was just a lot of, uh, you know, the puffy clothing, the, the, the shoulder, I didn't have shoulder pads, the windbreakers, you know, the, 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 the Ray-Ban sunglasses,
0: Yes, wayfarers. you know,
1: wayfarers. Absolutely. Yes. Those have changed quite a bit. Um. Yes uh but listening, I mean, I was up in my room listening to just all sorts of eighties music, you know the you know uh, David Bowie and Styx and yeah. journey, and I mean, I just jamming out a lot of prints back in the eighties oh, that was that- like that was huge um purple and rain was really uh
0: your first forty five right
1: it was my first forty five and uh i I don't think I've ever looked back since um and so <laughs> yeah it it's it's been you know, the eighties I love when I'm driving, even today, when I was living up in Maine in the town that I grew up in, I would be driving around town listening to the eighties on eight on Sirius XM. XM. um, Right. And, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I remember listening to this song almost in the same spot, you know, 30 years ago. And it's just, (laughs) it's just odd, but, but it brings back those, you know, um, you know, those feelings of, of just, you know, what the eighties was like. And, and I think you know, one of the big thing, a lot of those eighties movies as well was a big trend. Uh, yes. Like you were talking about John Cusack was in, you know, the, the like we had the Brat Pack and, and Breakfast yes. Club Breakfast and Club. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like those movies pretty were and just pink. Uh, pretty in All pink. The- and yeah, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, 16 candles, like the list goes yes. on and on of like such great, weird science, weird great.
1: science. Right. Right. Better off dead was another John Cusack yeah. one. That yes. was really good. Um, yeah, it was really good. We had uh, you know, the, those trends. Um, but we, we, it's funny, too, because we didn't have cell phones back then. Mm-mm. And so our communication, another trend would have been a 25-foot phone cord so you could actually have your conversation in another room, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. And, uh, and we pull... I was just telling my boys about it the other day, how I would pull the cord so tight, you know, yep. to get to the bathroom. And it was just, you know, <laughs> it was never got back to its normal shape. You know, it was no, it, did, never it did. wasn't curly right. anymore. It was like curly <laughs> then straight then curly and a little frayed in the wiring yes. was it got close to the phone.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well I mean I it just that was the privacy. I remember this because my my sister got a phone up in her room and and that game it was game over up there. You know and yeah you never saw her. <laughs> yes, we never saw her, and um, but it was she it wasn't her own line, you know. But wow. it was just it was just the family line. But you know, you pick up the phone, get off the phone. I'm on the phone. Right. Oh my gosh, right? You think you yeah. right? So and if somebody uh,
0: <laughs> were going to call you, I mean, you didn't have an, you know, we I mean, early on we didn't have answering machines, and Correct. so you know, you had to call, and then it would ring and ring if you were trying right. to get a hold of someone, and if mm-hmm. somebody was on the other line, it would be busy. So then, if right. somebody, if you were hoping for you know, a guy to call you is like everybody clear the phone. You know, somebody <laughs> may call me. You know, yeah. <laughs> in the and event, then the phone rings and it's call.
1: right and it's and not. It,
0: it's not. It's not.
1: Yet. It's <laughs> like you're, It's like for your mom or dad, and they have to talk for <laughs> twenty minutes. You're like you're, come on, I you mean, know. And, and I'm
0: just like, <laughs> looking at the clock. Come on already. Get off the phone. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, yeah. So so many uh, delayed gratifications, which you know are. The kids or the kid don't really know anything about that. Between no. pressing play, pause, you know, rewind, fast forward, mm-hmm. your tapes getting eaten, and you have to yes. go out and get the pencil out and then yep. you know it back in <laughs> and to listen to it again. I mean, yep. really, they just don't know.
1: <laughs> the Atari, the Atari was the big trend as the in the mid eighties. You know, I mean, early yes. the mid eighties where. You know, that was a joystick with a button on it and it. there was just blocks. The graphics were blocks. There was no, mm-hmm. there was no graphics to these things. But when you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's Pac-Man. That looks just like the real game. The yeah. arcades was another one. You know, right. we had an arcade in our town and, and uh, you know, it was, was I fun. visited that place probably once yeah. or twice a week and yeah, yeah it's just, I, re- I missed those days in a lot of ways, but yeah. um,
0: the simplicity, but the There's simplicity, yeah, for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Be
0: said. And not having a phone attached to you where anyone can get a hold of you at any time. Right.
1: right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stretch our
0: cords. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. thanks again so much for, for being on the show with us today, Eric. And thank you. Know, you. Once again, let us know how we get a hold of you one more time. Your website
1: is uh, erichodgden.com. I'll make sure you have the link.
0: Mm-hmm. And Instagram and then
1: in the, Instagram it's a, at Eric B Hodgden um, mm-hmm. and then if you are interested in picking up a copy of the book a sharp named Zoe it is available on Amazon and uh, we can put a link in there as well but um, thank you so much Super. Patricia for yes. having me on it was such a wonderful catching up with you but also a wonderful conversation and I yes. hope this helps your audience in some way absolutely and I will. love what you're doing with this with, the, with this podcast It's just a, a wonderful example of you know how 80s are kind of timeless in a lot of ways, especially with the music. There's a lot of good music that that came out back then that we carry with us today Mm -hmm. and it still applies to our lives and can still help us. And so, but I I love this. I love this. So thank you.
0: Yes. Thank you, Eric, for being on the show. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, Tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we wanna hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.